You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. This is an important announcement for anyone who wants health insurance, even if you miss the deadline. Right now, you can get the health insurance you and your family need from top insurance providers, even if you have pre-existing conditions or no insurance at all. The Plus Benefits Health Insurance toll-free number has been extended to help anyone who wants health insurance coverage now, or if you need a better plan or a lower price. Call Plus Benefits Health Insurance now at 800-332-1993. The call is 100% free and the help is real. Call 800-332-1993. That's 800-332-1993. Welcome into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. For the weekend of November 6th, 2020, during our 25th year on the air, welcome Into Tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for joining us. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. And some tech news and commentary for you in this first segment of this third of our three hours every week. If you don't get all three hours, you can always subscribe to our free podcasts, and that way you won't miss any of the show anytime. And we hope you would do that anyway. Yes. Did I get enough anys in there? I think so. All right. What do you got? After hiring about 250,000 workers in the third quarter, Amazon said that it now has about 1 million employees. Wow. This is part of a growth spurt driven by booming e-commerce sales during the coronavirus pandemic. Despite its rapid descent, Amazon still has fewer workers than the nation's biggest private employer, Walmart, which has 2.2 million global workers. Well, they better pick up the pace. Yeah. (laughs) Now, what's interesting to note is the shift in financial might from manufacturers such as General Motors, U.S. Steel, and General Electric. In the 1950s, those three companies were the country's biggest employers, with a combined workforce of more than one million employees at the time. Today, the three employ only about 400,000 workers, as the U.S. economy has shed factory jobs in favor of service-oriented work. Wow. Interesting. Speaking of the good old days, if you miss the original MTV because it's no longer music television, this might be for you. Apple Music launched a new free 24-7 music video channel within its app called Apple Music TV. (laughs) Like Apple MTV, creative thinking there. The new music video channel provides a live stream of some of the popular music videos and other music content. They say including exclusive video premieres, curated music video blocks, live shows, fan events, chart countdowns, and guest appearances. It's only available to U.S. residents. You can watch it in the Browse tabs of the Apple Music app and, of course, in the Apple TV app. So if you miss your MTV, then there you go. Apple you can Music Apple, TV. Then you can get Apple's cheap imitation. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and I wonder how long this is going to last. Since yeah. They tend to do this kind of stuff, and eh, nobody cared. Uh-huh. So they drop it. We'll yeah. see. Microsoft says Iranian hackers have posed as conference organizers in Germany and Saudi Arabia in an attempt to break into the email accounts of high-profile people with spoofed invitations. The tech company said it detected attempts by the hacking group it calls Phosphorus to trick former government officials, policy experts, and academics. The targets included more than 100 prominent people invited by the hackers to the Munich Security Conference, which is attended by world leaders each February, and the Think20 Summit, which is online only this year. That's really extra sad that it's hacking to a security conference. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> you got to watch what you're doing. And, of course, if you missed last hour's interview with our friend from Avast, you need to check that out, too, because they're talking about so many ways to be very, very careful with your various and sundry data and protect it, of course. The tech editor of Protocol rounded up recent patents pushing the envelope of innovation, including Apple's efforts to help Siri understand several voice commands simultaneously. Artificial intelligence that detects doctored images is on Facebook's radar, while Alphabet, of course the parent of Google, is developing a scanning system that can recognize images from any angle. Which is something different, I guess. Yeah. Because sometimes you just you're trying to figure out what something might be, but you can only get one particular angle, and it's not enough to identify it. Well, any angle, it'll identify some objects. Cool. Well, wish them well. NBC Universal's Peacock streaming service has hit almost 22 million users in just over three months after its launch. However, the company didn't say how many of those signups were for its free ad-supported plan versus its more premium paid tiers. Uh, Comcast also boasted that Peacock is, quote, exceeding our expectations on all engagement metrics. Oh, please. Although it neglected to give more details on that front. Yeah, funny how they t- it's exceeded all kinds of expectations because four people are watching. Yeah. <laughs> Concast conning us again. Uh-huh. Apple has included a rather exceptional feature with the Pixel 5, letting you turn on reverse wireless charging. By just plugging in a USB-C cable. The smartphone will also use wireless charging when it isn't plugged in if the feature is enabled in the battery share menu. So we've heard about reverse charging and reverse wireless charging. Well, they're doing it now in the Pixel 5. So you might be the hero to all of your friends whose batteries are dying because they're too dumb to charge their phones. So you can say, I got you. And then you can wirelessly drain your battery to fill theirs. So you have to think about it, you know, how much you really like your friends. Yeah, exactly. If you like them more than your own battery power. Are they really friends? Are they close friends or just somebody that says, oh, man, I'm down to 3%. Well, why didn't you charge it overnight? Ah, I forgot. Okay, well, yeah. then you'll be without a phone. But I got mine in case of an emergency. Exactly. Yeah, but wait, isn't that a Pixel 5 and you can reverse wirelessly charge mine? Yeah, but no. But I don't like you enough. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. You're not important enough in my life. According to comments made by co-founder and CEO Daniel Ek, Spotify is planning further price increases. The streaming service had added 6 million subscribers in the third quarter to achieve a total 144 million paying customers across 320 million active users. But it fell short on both sales and earnings. By raising prices for its service, Spotify says it could pull in higher revenues in markets where the company believes users will continue to see the value in paying for their streaming subscription. Now, the company didn't specifically detail its plans for price increases in terms of dollars or geographies. But didn't we report on them increasing their prices not too long ago even? I think so. And here they do it again. Yeah, it again. Netflix is, is increasing their prices again. Yeah. As far as, you know, 2020, the year where a lot of people are out of work, is not the time to be increasing prices. You know, I think they're going to cut their nose off to spite their face. And mm-hmm. they may lose some people that say, you know what, I was already right there on the edge. And, you know, getting that extra dollar or $2 a month out of me is not worth it. Exactly. And it may be that a lot of people should just say, you know what, I'm going to cancel as a protest. And then sign back up again next month if you just can't live without it. Yeah. <laughs> but there there are those concerns, too. 
And people want to show that enough already with these increases. Come on, I, I cut the cable because it was costing too much. Now they're getting to be more than the cable. That's why I, I recently cut my cut cable kind of sort of. Wait, I, I cut had, your cut I cable. I had cut my cable with Comcast and I went to Hulu with live TV. Yeah. Because I was originally, when I first got it, it was it was less than $40 a month. So I figured, that's great. But in the end, after all these couple of years of price increases, I was at almost $75 a month for my Hulu and live TV subscription, which was what I was paying Comcast before, which is why I cut the cable to get away from paying them all that money. Because they kept raising the prices and saying, but we've added more channels. Not one channel that I would actually watch. (laughs) So I recently cut them too. So I'm down down just to like on-demand streaming, like, you know, Prime Video and Netflix and I got rid of Disney Plus to my son's dismay, but yeah. But how much did he watch it? Even exactly. and he was the only one that watched it. I have him every other weekend. He would watch it, you know, maybe an hour a day. So it wasn't worth the money for me. True. So you got to cut the right. corners. Plus, when and, I yeah. when I dropped Hulu, I lost the the bundle discount for Disney Plus. So I would have had to pay the twelve ninety nine a month instead of seven ninety nine. Oof, not worth it. Yeah, not worth it. But you do have Tableau. I for do, local for TV, local over the air. and it's got uh, a built-in DVR, a couple yeah. of tuners, so you can watch one show, record another, and that kind of thing. So there, and then that's no streaming, no subs- I mean, no subscription. Right. So that saves you money too. Yeah. Cool. T-Mobile's new TV streaming service, and you can add another one, aims to disrupt the cableopoly, as they're calling it, as T-Mobile is now pushing into TV and streaming, obviously, with a new service called. T-Vision. Yeah. How original. So that, there's yet another source, and you're a T-Mobile customer. Maybe you want to subscribe to T-Vision. Well, I, I looked into T-Vision because they're making it, I guess, through the end of this year or something, available only to current T-Mobile customers. And I guess next year they're going to open it up to everybody. Mm-hmm. And they said they have plans starting at $10 a month. So I said, okay, well, it's worth a look. So I looked at it. And for the channels you get for $10 a month, it's nothing. In order to get the packages where I had the same kind of channels I had with Hulu, it was a lot more money a month, and I was basically paying what I was paying Hulu. And, of course, they will all argue that what you're paying for and what they're having to charge you for are the access fees and licensing fees to these channels. Like, I know you. You want History Channel. You want Discovery Channel. You and They don't come free to these providers. They and, and I'm certainly not defending them because they all make way too much money to begin with. But they have to pay those fees, so of course they're going to pass them on to you. I get that, and I, and I have no problem paying a premium for channels that I watch. Yeah. But when you bundle one channel that I would watch with 28 channels that I would never watch and charge me a lot more, I'm not going to do that. There's been a lot of people for a lot of years that said that they need to be doing an a la carte thing. Somebody, somewhere, someday, is going to do a true a la carte. Where, yes, you'll pay for what you want, but you'll only pay for what you want in that sense. And then you can go through and select those channels. And if it's a premium channel, you choose to subscribe or not. But at least you say, fine, I want a bundle that's got a couple of news channels and discovery and, and history, that sort of thing. And, of course, your local channels. And then you may be willing to pay for that. But look how many channels we all have anyway. You know, the the joke about 500 channels and nothing to watch. You know, and that's pretty much the case in many cases because you find yourselves watching stuff that you wouldn't otherwise watch. 
because, great, it's on one of the channels that's as part of your package, so what the heck as I'm dial hopping. Yeah, I had that problem years ago with DirecTV because they had like six different packages, and it was a really good price for their introductory package. But, of course, the same problem, and it didn't have the channels I watched. And by the time you added in all the – because I, I made a list. I spent like you know two weeks, and I, just, I marked down every channel I would watch so that I knew, okay, let me do some pricing. And by the time I got to the packages that included all the channels that I watched, because they divide them up, and I, had, I ended up having to get the top package so that I had all my channels, my satellite bill was over $200 a month. Oh, my gosh. That's nuts. That's crazy. It's, yeah. You just go to the movies for less than that. Uh-huh. Oh, wait, you can't go yeah, to the movies. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you could in some places you can rent a whole theater, movie theater. That's true. There's a couple theaters in South Florida doing that lately too, which people find interesting. They and say starting at like a hundred bucks, you can rent the entire theater for yeah. like a little private party. Don't just rent a movie; rent the whole theater. And it's apparently any movie that's out available currently, or some of the ones that they may have otherwise uh, in stock. And at least you have some options, but rent the whole theater. I'm sure it doesn't include popcorn or candy. Probably not. That's where they make their money. According to a Microsoft support post, a new Windows 10 update will remove Adobe Flash Player from your device before the software reaches its end of support on December 31st. The update removes Apple Flash Player installed in Windows 8.1 and Windows 10 versions 16.07 through 1909. Now, this news doesn't come as a surprise. In 2017, Microsoft, along with Adobe, Apple, Facebook, Google, and Mozilla announced plans to end support for Flash by December of 2020. Interesting. So they're going to help you remove it beforehand. Yeah. Oh, well. Patrick in Tyler, Texas, listens on KTBB AM and FM. Hey, Patrick. Hi, Dave. We have a 2012 model router, and I'm sure, like everything else, they have improved tremendously in eight years. Sometimes watching TV, we'll be watching a show like on Netflix, and it will uh, stop and have to uh, reload or catch up. And sometimes we drop Wi-Fi signal on our phones. I was wondering, is this due to the router possibly? And can you give me some suggestions on a new router that I can uh, replace the old one with? Well, Patrick, yeah, it sounds like it may very well be a router problem. If you keep your router for a long time, you should probably look into a Wi-Fi 6 router to ensure you get the best speed available today. And you don't have to upgrade again very soon, so you'll be kind of future-proofing a bit into tomorrow. The first problem you'll find with those routers, though, is that they are an eyesore. They're incredibly ugly. Just Google Netgear Nighthawk AX12 if you want to see what we mean. They'll stand out, so you may want to keep them in a cabinet somewhere. Still, something like the AX12 or the Asus RT-AX88U should last you a while. Uh, Those, though, will cost you around $500 and $350, respectively. They're mainly meant for gamers, so they're a little overpowered for general use. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have routers like the Google Nest series that just look like a smart speaker and are generally not too offensive to look at. One of those will cost you about 150 bucks, and it's easily controllable through an app. It has fewer advanced features, but it's easier to manage if you're not a very technical user. Now, the Nest is also expandable. So if in the future you want to build a mesh network, you'll already have the first component as long as you stick with the brand, of course. Yeah, and for around 100 bucks, you can get a TP-Link AX1800, which looks like an ugly router, but not as ugly as some, and it will deliver good performance for a relatively inexpensive price for a Wi-Fi 6 router. Yeah. So, Patrick, let us know what you end up with. Again, if you need our show notes with all that stuff we just 
just talked about. It's there for you. Look for the show for the weekend of November 6th, 2020. Hour three, you'll see your call and our answer and all the specifics that we spewed for you. Let us know what you end up going with and why, because it'll help others. Intotomorrow.com. Hey guys, it's Sue Cosner, your favorite sexual health expert, with another version of Ask the Pro. This month, I got a letter from Sandy in Seattle about an explosive bedroom secret she and her husband recently discovered. She writes, Dear Sue, my husband and I used to have a great life in the bedroom, but in the last few years, he has struggled. He's tried about everything, but nothing has worked. Then one day he came home and gave me a night I will never forget. He told me about this secret formula, Noxitril, that changed our life in the bedroom once and for all. Wow, Sandy, you beat me to it. I recommend Noxitril to every guy that struggles in the bedroom. It's the only one. Noxitril is all natural and works to increase blood flow fast. It's like that little blue pill on steroids. Noxitril has a special free bottle offer shipped discreetly to your door. To find out how to get your bottle of Noxitril, call 800-574-5007, 800-574-5007. Get your free bottle for a limited time. Call now, 800-574-5007, 800 574 and into tomorrow tech fact for you gaming related accidents increased by 26.5 percent during the first five months of pokemon go being released this included two deaths, unfortunately, and $25.5 million in damages. That's why I refer to it as Pokemon Go. Yeah, or <laughs> Pokemon Go and went, and yeah. I don't know, whatever. But And that's apparently still a thing. Your son still likes the Pokemon Go stuff. He yeah, likes I, to do I, it with I, Fausto and Israel. And Oh, there's another Pokemon. And, yeah, really, guys? Yeah, I thought we were past that. Yeah, <laughs> I was hoping, but new. No. Oh, by the way, I'm Dave Graveline. And I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow brought to you by StreamGuys.com. They provide the 24-7 stream of our show at our website at IntoTomorrow.com and on our free Into Tomorrow app. It's time for our is one of the largest and oldest tech shows in the world. With this week's look back at IFA's historic past. Here's Chris Graveline. IFA history, IFA history. The DVD was a huge success, with growth rates even higher than the CD after its introduction, but it was a replay medium only. It took several years until 1999, when at the International Funkausstellung in Berlin, Panasonic presented the first DVD recorder prototype. In 2001, the first DVD recorder was market-ready and premiered at IFA. One year later, these recorders were already being sold in big numbers. At IFA 2003, the first DVD recorder with built-in hard disk had its world premiere. That's this week's IFA update brought to you by Messe Berlin. Be sure to visit ifa-berlin.com. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. I think we've established that that was it. Yeah. Uh, goodbye. Yeah. Clifton in Toledo, Ohio. Don't know how he hears the show, but welcome into tomorrow, Clifton. I understand Windows 7 does not work anymore on my computer. Do I need to purchase a new computer to get Windows 10, or can I download it? 
Well, Clifton, the vast majority of computers that could run Windows 7 can run Windows 10. Microsoft buried an obscure mention of the computer's processor needing to support PAENX and SSE2 to be able to run Windows 10, but their main official line was the requirements are the same as they were for Windows 7. Now, that means that you almost certainly don't need a new computer to run Windows 10. And Microsoft has free software that will run a check for you and confirm that. And that software is probably already on your computer, if you've kept it updated, at least. Yeah. Now, there is some bad news, though. Uh, for a pretty long while, Windows 10 was a free upgrade to anyone who had Windows 7. Microsoft was pushing really hard to move people to Windows 10 after Windows 8 flopped, and they offered it as a free upgrade. Now, unfortunately, that period ended in 2016. Of course, Windows 10 has been around for a while. Yeah, we were reminding people... Multiple times every show. We've heard reports of people being able to upgrade and activate Windows 10 with their Windows 7 key, so you may get lucky. But officially, the free upgrade period is over and has been for years, and you should expect to need to spend the price of a new license. Yeah, Windows 10 is no longer supported by Microsoft, so upgrading, even if it does end up costing you the price of a new Windows 10 license, is probably worth it anyway, just to continue having upgrades and patches. Yeah, but hopefully, Clifton, no, you don't have to to buy a new computer. Yeah, and a, and a Windows 10 license, I want to say, is like 120 bucks. So even if you have to upgrade, it's going to cost you a lot less than it would cost you for a new laptop. Yeah, very true. Please do let us know what you end up doing and how it works out for you, because again, it helps other folks in the audience as well. And if you've got a question or concern, 800-899-INTO or the audio option on that free Into Tomorrow app. Finding the right experts to help you grow your business is always a challenge. Chameleon Collective is a hybrid marketing service and consulting firm that is hyper-focused on growing businesses, from digital marketing to optimizing your sales efforts. Our experts drive results. Our work and track history, ranging from innovative startups to Fortune 500 companies, speaks for itself. Learn more by visiting chameleoncollective.com or call us at 1-800-914-0245 today. In our 25th year on the air, Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. We thank you for tuning in. We thank you even in advance for calling in to the program. As you hear our mantra regularly, call in, win stuff. It really is that easy. Just participate on the program, and we send you goodies for doing so. Maybe you've got a tech question. Maybe you want to have uh, some additional input for another listener. Maybe you want to share with us your favorite app these days and why you like it so much. Whatever the case, we'd love to hear from you. And you can do that anytime at your convenience, 24-7. The best way, of course, using our free app. And hitting that button that says message the studio and allows you to ask a question, make a comment, help another listener, whatever the case, even share some tech rage if you'd like. And that's very easy. Or the old fashioned way still works. We still take a lot of phone calls and deal with those on a 24 7 basis anytime. And that's 800 899 into 800 899 4686. Again, anytime at your convenience. 
Our next guest is with a computer vision company focused on teaching cameras to see like human beings. I think that's an awesome concept. The CEO of TrueFace is Sean Moore. Sean, welcome into tomorrow. How you doing? Good, Dave. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, that introduction just kind of blows me away because on the one hand, it, it's really cool to be able to say you can teach cameras to see like a human being. And on the other hand, I think it might scare people. It's like, oh my gosh, they're taking over. Here we go. Right? Right. <laughs> So tell me yeah. a little bit about, about TrueFace, what exactly it is that you guys do. Absolutely. So you know, human beings are very good at pattern recognition, and patterns can take the form of a face, an object, uh, a group of people moving in a direction. And so our goal is, is really to, to be the brains of those cameras and, and to get to the pertinent information a lot faster. And so extracting faces through facial recognition, uh, reading license plate through license plate detection, and just analyzing the entire frame of what the cameras are already recording or already ingesting is really where we see the value in our technology. Ah, very cool. We hear a lot about facial recognition these days, whether it's uh, to help you log into your computer or your phone or uh, to be able to get in a door or any number of things. Uh, are we kind of just scratching the surface of what you think is capable uh, into tomorrow, if you will? I believe so. You know, we, we've been, uh, myself and my co-founder, have been working in facial recognition since 2012. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Apple uh, did us a great service in 2017 with adding facial recognition to, to a phone. And it wasn't the first company to do it. It was just the first company to get the, the consumer comfortable with the use of this technology. And, you know, we're in some unfortunate circumstances with COVID right now, but it's pushing people to think more about contactless payment, contactless access. And one way to, to do that, and to do that really efficiently, is through things like facial recognition. So, you know, I, I agree. I think there are some public perception fears around the use of this technology. But it's important to know that there are kind of three bands in which facial recognition operates. One is your personal device. So it's just looking for you. It's looking for you to access your, your, your apps, your banking. And the second would be kind of a one-to-few, meaning access to a construction site or access into a facility where there's a preset group of people that you're looking for to provide access to. And then number three is really where I think that the fear lies in it should be split into two because some people call it surveillance. Uh, That would be real-time facial recognition on a street corner, you know, mass surveillance. But what we typically see more of is actually investigative work. So it's, it's using facial recognition technology to scan through days of footage and extract out an individual that may have committed a crime and to use that information as, as a point of reference for an investigation. So, you know, there, there are a variety of ways in which facial recognition can be used, and, and I think that as long as we have the right, um, the right boundaries or guardrails in place, uh, that this technology can be extremely valuable to a lot of people. And to your point, Sean, uh, there's some very valid concerns there by all means. But uh, to your first uh, point about how uh, our phones are doing it and pretty much making us feel very comfortable, I've been doing facial recognition on my Samsung uh, Android device since they came out with it as well, uh, to, so much so that I I almost forget my pen because I never need to use it now. <laughs> you know, I, 
just make sure that the fo- although wearing a mask is a problem uh, because it doesn't recognize my face. So you got to pull the mask down for a second, or then say, "Wait a minute, what is my pin? Hold on," and then and then put it in. But I think a lot of people, uh, as you suggested, have become very comfortable with that and saying, "Fine, you know, I get what it's doing with my phone, and it keeps you know anyone else from being able to access my phone," and that uh, helps this whole industry. I'm I'm sure, uh, for us being more comfortable with things like that. And then, yeah, for additional uses of facial recognition, technology is there to help, hopefully. Right. And, you, know, you bring up a good point about the mask technology, and it's something that you know we've seen some of the Asian countries you know, has been has been dealing with this problem, not not a problem, has been, has been dealing with masks for a very long time. And so it's fairly new over here in the U.S. to, to have to use this technology when people are covering up 40 to 60 percent of their faces. Yeah. And so companies like ours need to adapt very quickly to that. And the first really component of that is detecting if a mask is present, um, not, not running the identification piece yet. It's just purely detecting, is someone wearing a mask? Hmm. And then from there, once you've identified the mask, you start to look for the points in the face that you can extract extract for a positive identification. Which, of course, now are, are somewhat limited, but I, I'm, I'm imagining, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, that certainly uh, among the more useful ones are the eyes, right? So if you can still see the eyes, then that's a major advantage. It definitely is. You know, you've got to think about it if, if for round purposes, you've got 100 points on the face, uh, and now you, you, know, you typically can, can read 100 and, and get a 90, now you can read... 40. So it does become increasingly difficult, but you still can you still can come to a positive conclusion on that identity um, with retraining algorithms. Gotcha. One of the things you talk about at trueface.ai, your website, is spoof detection. What is that? Mm-hmm. It's the ability for us to detect if someone is trying to falsify information. Uh, so you imagine you are transacting mobily uh, through your phone for your online banking, and we need to be able to detect if, if, let's say, you're holding up a picture of me on your phone to get access to my account. And so that's that's typically very difficult to do, and, and we've been working on that now for just about seven years to look at the context and how it's changing. So are we seeing a quick change in pixels in the background? Are we seeing someone hold up a phone or an iPad or, you know, a picture of an individual to try to gain access? So it's really critical that as, as people move to more online uh, sort of transactions, we have uh, technology in place to prevent people from falsifying their information or their identity. Um, and the same can be said for access control into a building. Let's say you steal a, you know, a card of mine that has my picture on it, you hold it up to a camera in a building to, get, to gain my access. We need to be able to protect against that. And so uh, we've developed technology that, that can read um, the liveness as well as the spoof attempts. Excellent. I mean, that makes perfect sense, and you certainly want to have those concerns. I know people said that early on when we talked about facial recognition. It's, oh, just hold up a picture. Well, have you tried that? It generally does not work. You know, so, and, and that's why, because of the technology involved in, 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 in spoof detection. But why do you guys say that it's important now more than ever? telehealth or online notaries, online proctoring, you know, there, there's just, just a massive influx of demand for facial recognition to verify digital identity. Mm-hmm. And for that to be practical, you need to have these mechanisms in place. And you, know, you think about a bank who's under significant regulation, 
you've got to check these boxes that you, know, you can't give easy access to an account uh, where you can hold up a picture and, and gain access to my account. So it is really important, and I think that one of the outcomes of these, you know, these national lockdowns is that people will realize, well, well maybe I can do these things online now or are more comfortable doing them online now. So there, there's a, a significant demand here for increasingly innovative technology. And, you know, fortunately, we've, we've been building it for, like I said, just about eight years. Wow. Yeah, and it makes perfect sense. I'm glad that you're continuing uh, to progress in, in this whole technological end of things. And we talk about masks. You you see a lot of memes lately where, you know, you could never wear a mask into a bank, and now you have to, for example. And But at least the way you've described the, you know, the technology, you might still be able to identify a potential bank robber or someone who did, in fact, rob the bank or something like that, even though everyone in the facility is now wearing a mask with whatever other points you're able to use. So don't think, any of you robbers uh, out there, <laughs> that, well, I'll just blend in and, and walk off with a lot of money. It's not going to be that easy, I don't guess. Right. It, it won't be. Um, you know, it, as, this, as this industry evolves, we're continuing to find ways to, to use less points of the face to extract a positive ID. And, and you know, early tests show that it does reduce the identification rate, but you don't always need 99%. You know, sometimes... It, 75% is enough to generate a lead for an investigation. Sometimes it's 99%. It depends on who we work with. Um, but, it, you know, it, it is important to know that that today is the worst facial recognition will ever be. Um, and what that means is every single day we're, we're thinking of new solutions or thinking of new ways to improve our solution. That's kind of a clever way to put it. Today is the worst it'll ever be because it's always getting better. I like that. That's a cool concept. I noticed one of the things on your website is a close-up of a girl's eye, and she's got a lot of freckles. So I'm assuming now maybe freckles is yet another facial recognition technique? Uh, we don't really disclose the... <laughs> the future of what we're working on. Ah, oh, come on, I won't tell anyone. Just <laughs> <laughs> But there are things that we're looking at. You know, like I said, if we have restrictions on, on the nose and the mouth being covered, what else can we pick up on? Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a really, really cool technology. And, you know, it, it manifests itself in, in a few ways. One of, the, one of the things that we're really excited about is um, an Air Force contract that we have for base access control. So, you know, we're, we're looking at really protecting the nation's assets and people, and it's important for us that we continue to, to go down that road and to find the best way to do it. So, you know, if, if looking at something like Freckles is, is on that roadmap, then it's something that we're, we're absolutely looking at. Good. And, and I absolutely understand the reason for confidence in something like that, because it may end up being national security, let alone other security techniques. When, when this whole impact of COVID-19 is over, and please God, sooner than later, uh, how do you envision computer vision being used after all this? You know, I think the, the, the biggest change that we will see in that we've been having conversations about with some industry leaders is entertainment, sports and travel. So it's areas where people are, you know, used to mass gathering, and the UFC, you know, just just held one of their fights uh, recently as the first sports entertainment uh, to come out of this. And you've, you've got to have precautions in place. So you know, you're looking at social distancing. Uh, you're looking at are these people wearing masks? Are these people supposed to be in here? You know, are, are they the right identity? 
So as we look at the different industries in which we'll come back online, you know, I think you look at travel specifically, and you've got to expect that now with sanitation protocol and more contactless, you're going to lengthen the time it takes to get on a plane in some ways, but you're also going to reduce it by things like facial recognition and automating processes that typically you know, you've got to wait in line in TSA and show your ID your TSA agents aren't going to want to handle everyone's IDs now and, and you know, be one foot from everyone. So yeah. we're, we're really looking at how do we provide a more wholesome or, or comprehensive solution to these industries that, that need to come back online. And, and, you know, I like going to concerts. I like going to watch sports teams. I think a lot of people do. You know, but being able to do that properly is important and being able to, to do that in a way that's not going to risk the health of everyone. So, you know, I, I think computer vision it really spans from being able to, to detect a virus, you know, all the way through to fever detection or, you know, thermal detection uh, to the identity piece. And, and we're really focused on the identity piece and making sense of that video footage. And we'll leave the, the thermal and, and, and fever and that type of work to, to another specialist as I think that they'll do a better job than we could do right now with that. Terrific. Well, make your world safer and smarter. It's a lot more than just detecting more than faces, if you will. Visit trueface.ai. Sean Moore, the CEO of Trueface, thanks for spending a few minutes with us. We've learned a lot, and I can see where this is headed, uh, hopefully to help many more of us as we go further into tomorrow. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Sean Moore with trueface.ai. I'm Dave Graveline. Be sure to hit us up anytime at your convenience at intotomorrow.com. And we continue bringing you further into tomorrow right here on the Advanced Media Network. Balance of Nature, changing the world one life at a time. So I went to the um, ophthalmologist for my eye exam. I usually go yearly. He says, what are you doing? And I told him about balance of nature. He said, well, whatever you're doing, keep it up. My primary doctor, she couldn't get over how much better I was doing. She said she'd never seen anything like it. I hope this is really kicking off because it's, it's been a godsend, I'm telling you. I mean, I'm a pharmacist, and for two years, I haven't had a cold. Balance of nature has impacted my life in a positive way. Don't wait to see what getting over 10 servings of whole fruits and vegetables every day can do for you. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-246-8751. 1-800-246-8751. 1-800-246-8751. Well, thank you, Greg in Tennessee. See, maybe it's because we don't think of it as a job. We think of it as you all are y'all are our family and we're just trying to help with your digital dilemmas. Exactly. It's not like work, is it? No. No. Because we would do this 24 hours a day if we could get away with it. Right. Not. Well, you would. Yeah. No. <laughs> nah. Because, you know, because the hospitalization for the month of, with the Rona aged me at least 10 years. So I think I'm much closer to retirement now. Right. 
so I couldn't possibly <laughs> want to do it more than I already do. Right. I'm going to go with that. But the, but with, with without Dave Graveline, there is no Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. No, it would hopefully be Into Tomorrow, not with Chris Graveline. He doesn't want his name on the logo like that. But with Cameron Graveline. Okay, well, then you've got to wait till, uh, I told you, until we got past, get past these pesky uh, child labor laws. No, no, no. He'd be down as an entertainer, so it wouldn't be a child labor thing. Right. See, he wouldn't be doing it as a job. He'd be doing it because he loves our audience as well. And then you've got to convince my ex-wife to let him do it. Oh, there's no convincing her of anything. Anyway, I'm Dave Graveline. I'm uh, Chris Graveline, and this portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitoring System. The future of diabetes management is here. Visit Dexcom.com to learn more. That's D-E-X-C-O-M.com. When you call in. You win stuff. It really is that easy. And while our cool summer giveaway is well over, even though we extended it into the fall, we still got some goodies for you. So if you would like any of these particular prizes, no promises, no guarantees, but do tell us when you call in. We'll do our best to get that item to you, if at all possible. From our buddy Alfred Poor, he sent along a smart band wearable health tracker. Oh, it's very cool, too. From Sylvania, smart plus Wi-Fi light bulbs. SanDisk has sent a couple of their ultra dual drives. These are reversible, traditional, and Type-C USB drives. Dream Egg with their D11 portable sound machine. And Casely sent several of their bold cases for iPhone with various designs. Oh, and I mean various designs. If you'd like a wacky design on your phone, we probably got a nice case from Casely for you. And not so much wacky, but but different all the way into tomorrow.com. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-419-2335. That's 800-419-2335. Yes, indeed. Here's another Into Tomorrow fun tech information fact for you. Video games have been found to be more effective at battling depression than therapy. Ooh, so much for the therapists out there that are yelling at their radios right now. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow brought to you in part by HughesNet, high-speed satellite internet available wherever you live or work. Text RADIO to 35000 for more info. Again, text RADIO to 35000. Do you get our free once-a-week tech newsletter? And don't answer, Chris, because oh. you have to get it. I know you do. But he also is the editor of it. He puts it all together. And you want to see the labor of his love you should be sure to sign up at intotomorrow.com. little box pops up. We ask only for your email address, which we do not share with anyone. Your security and privacy is of utmost importance to us. 
But you'll get some tech news, some hmm thoughts to make you smile. God knows we need to smile these days. And uh, just some other fun information in addition to things like Beth's Tech Tip. Yes, and uh, November is Alzheimer's Disease Awareness Month, and using your tech is a great way to exercise your brain to keep it healthy and help prevent that. And oh, I had forgotten about that. Yes, and that's <laughs> yeah. but see, that's something you make fun of me for all the time because I'm always doing my crossword puzzles and word games, and that's mm-hmm. because I'm exercising my brain. There you go. We'll sign up for our free once-a-week tech newsletter. Do it now. It'll really make me happy at intotomorrow.com. I'll meet you there. Bringing you the latest in consumer electronics and technology, this has been Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. To participate with Dave and his tech geniuses and win prizes anytime, 24-7, use our free Into Tomorrow app for your iPhone, Android, and netbooks. Available in your app store or call 1-800-899-INTO. That's 1-800-899-4686. Be sure to visit our website anytime to read our show notes and watch our ITTV videos at intotomorrow.com. And join us next week as we bring you further Into Tomorrow. Into Tomorrow.